something that Melanie, uh, Melanie, who uh, used to be the CEO at Seoul when we were there, yeah. used to say all the time, which I, has always stayed with me, is our biggest competition is not another workout. Our biggest competition is Netflix. Our biggest competition is a sunny day. Our biggest competition is a vacation. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not another workout. It's right. all the other ways you could be spending your time yeah. that require a lot less effort. Mm-hmm. We all know it's easier for us to sit on the couch, right? So like, you know, $8.99 for Netflix per month or, you know, $36 a class like that, you know, there's value in that and people yeah. will assign value based on what's important to them. Hi guys, welcome to the Friday Society. I'm your host, Alexa Cauley. This is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know as a fitness professional, whether you are an instructor, studio owner, health coach, or anything else in this realm. We'll talk to industry leaders, operational experts, lawyers, accountants, anyone and everyone that you need to hear from to elevate your business. I hope you enjoy. You can find me at Forever Friday Consulting on Instagram and submit any topic request through there. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for joining us tonight. A lot of you I know, and some of you I don't know, which is really awesome. Um, So I'm just going to give a very quick introduction of who these random girls are talking to you tonight. Uh, My name's Alexa. That is Ariel. I worked in the boutique fitness industry since 2013. I started my career at Lululemon in the marketing community area, opening stores and connecting to new communities and instructors, setting up events, um, running the ambassador program. If a lot of you are familiar with Lululemon stores, you know about the local community emphasis with ambassadors. Um, After Lulu moved on to SoulCycle, where I oversaw the marketing for 26 studios, New Jersey, New York, um, Long Island, Hamptons, all that, where I met Ariel, who was the area director. So oversaw everything operationally of all of these studios. And a lot of us are in the boutique fitness industry, so understand that that could mean answering questions from C-suite or dealing with flooding toilets in the middle of a class or, you know, now COVID shutdowns. Um, So Ariel now works as the VP of operations for Body by Simone, which is a dance cardio fitness method founded in 2011 by celeb trainer Simone De La Rue. They have studios in New York and LA, as well as an app, which was created in 2018. Ariel is also a certified meditation instructor and like I said, my own personal social media North Star. So absolutely give her a follow. Um, The replay will be sent out after this. A lot of people have asked me. So just FYI, if you're listening to the replay, hello. Um, As well as a worksheet on takeaways from this. Everything we talk about with like, you know, the numbers and um, how to implement certain things into your business. We will send all the highlights. So this is literally purely here for instructors to feel like they are more in control of their business, um, that they feel like they're not alone. Like it is when you're a fitness instructor and you know this, like you're just an entrepreneur and you're there on your own and you feel like you have to figure out all these things for yourself and you don't like we're here for you. There are a lot of resources out there and that's just my goal is honestly just to allow instructors to feel like they have a resource and somewhere to go. Um, okay. So I'm just going to start answering, like asking you questions. Great. Awesome. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey in the world of health and fitness and how did it all get started for you? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. 
I love um, this. I love chatting with you. It's like we're working together again. I love it. Um, I know. Yeah. I, uh, I my, my journey in the health and, and, and fitness world as a professional career started in 2013 when I started at SoulCycle. And that was a, as a part-time job. I was literally at the front desk. Before that, you know, I had gone to school for music. I had spent the better part of my early 20s. I was a professional actor. I was touring the world. I was dance, theater, all of that, right? And I think a lot, a lot of performers, a lot of friends of mine as well that come from that same background also now work in fitness and wellness too. It's like a very natural progression for a lot of us. I just happen to be on the uh, the back end of it and not as a, as a trainer. Um, but I started at the front desk at SoulCycle in 2013. And that was when the company was still pretty small. I mean, total probably 20 studios across the whole country. Now we have over 100, I think is where they're at, right? Um, And so I kind of worked my way up there. I really fell in love with Seoul. It wasn't on my path. I was just looking for a really cool, fun, part-time job, but I fell in love with the community. Uh, It was my first real hospitality job. I worked in restaurants, but SoulCycle was where I really started to understand what hospitality meant, taking care Mm -hmm. of people and fostering a sense of community of belonging, um, making a positive impact in the world. That all resonated with me a lot. So I, I worked myself, I worked my way up the ladder there. I, uh, again, it wasn't my intention when I started, but I loved it. So, you know, I was an assistant manager there. I was a general manager. I opened, I think something like 12 to 15 studios in my time there. And then, yeah, as you know, I, I just kept accumulating more studios Mm-hmm. And there is a regional director, so it was overseeing all the New York Tri-State. Also, I mean, there was massive growth in yeah. in your area for yeah. SoulCycle at that time. Yeah. Like, I remember, like New York was a very mature market. I mean, if you are in New York or you know of SoulCycle, there it's like Starbucks. We're like oh, within one block. There's like literally two studios. You know, it was massive. Um, but it was it was the growth of also the boutique fitness industry was happening side by side at that time. So really cut my teeth there. And then, you know, wellness is a part of my life. And I, I'm a meditator. I, I started teaching meditation and yep. you know, it just became very clear that this was a, this was a path that I loved. And, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, we can, we can chat about the growth later, but it is funny. Um, but I do feel like there was definitely a, the strategy was like just compete with the growth of the boutique fitness industry. Right. And it all of a sudden there was 46th street, 54th street, 63rd park all on the East side. Right. Like all these studios and it got to be a very confusing user journey because you're like, wait, what? Like if I have a home studio, if I'm supposed to feel the sense of community at my home studio and then there's another home studio four blocks away, like what does that do to your sense of? That's right your community which yeah is always interesting. you do a whole other seminar on that and separation <laughs> and um, don't go too quickly yeah asking a business and who teaches where and the relationships that you've built and all of that it's mm-hmm. on diluting yeah if the product gets diluted what do you do totally um okay so we've talked about opening studios what do you think is the most important thing to nail when you're the new kid on the block. So not SoulCycle where you're opening four studios in a four block radius. Let's say you're a brand new studio and you are opening for the first time. What do you think is the most important thing and how have you seen studios build a really strong community? Yeah, I think we can all think about as consumers, as customers of, of other brands, and it doesn't even have to be fitness, places where we feel at home. 
places where we feel known, places where we feel like we belong, right? And that's where this word community is always thrown around when it comes to fitness, because it's really important. When people come into a wellness space, whether it's meditation, fitness, um, yoga, whatever it is, we're coming there because there's something that we want to address in our lives that we want to improve upon, maybe fix, adapt, grow, evolve, change. We want to better ourselves. That's the whole root of the, of the, the yeah. industry, right? Yeah. And so you have to remember that when people are coming into something new, um, having a clarity of your purpose. So why do you exist? What specifically are you offering people that maybe doesn't exist? Or if it does, what are you doing that's unique in that space? Mm -hmm. And also that it's really important for people to want to feel like they're a part of something from day one. You know, people want to be able to say, I was there when they first opened. Uh, I was one of their first customers. I've been here. I went to so-and-so's first class ever. Um, They want to be a part of something. They want to be in the know. And so from a pricing strategy is one thing where you can, you know, really start developing loyalty from day one where you bring people in and and get them in and start building retention and frequency right off the bat with people and saying, if you're a a loyal VIP day one OG, we want to support that and encourage you on this journey. Mm -hmm. But when you're small, that's such a unique opportunity to really get to know your clients. Um, There's a lot of famous urban legends, but I mean, they're real, you know, these stories of Julie and Elizabeth at SoulCycle as well, where they were writing handwritten notes. They were um, having couriers send a SoulCycle onesie to that client they know gave birth. You know what I mean? Like those kind of that high touch hospitality goes a long way. And in the beginning of your business, when you have the time and the space and the energy to do that, really investing in getting to know the individuals and the human beings that are investing in you is how you start building retention from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is so funny. Like I feel like it's a dangerous game when fitness brands start to focus on acquisition Mm -hmm. instead of retention, Mm -hmm. because I've seen that happen a lot where you're like, okay, great. We have these people how do we get more people? Right. Right. And it's like, well, you have a lot of people that came in once and never came back. Right. Why don't we look at maybe what happened there, you know, figure out like, have you talked to them? Have you asked them, Hey, did you enjoy the class? Like talk to me about it. If the answer is usually no. That's why. Like, and I, unless you, I mean, I only learned this, through, you know, my time sort of building businesses like this. But, you know, if you have a marketing background, you would know that it costs more to acquire a new customer than it does to retain an existing customer. And if you think about it, you know, all the the, the money you're investing in your campaigns, um, the time and energy to reacquire somebody who fell off, a lost customer, a lost client, you know, finding out where do they go, why, uh, you know, reestablishing that relationship. I mean, again, that takes resources, time and energy. But if you nail it from day one and you make people feel like they're a unique person in your business and you care that they're there and, and you want to keep them, that's how you start to build community from day one. And you don't have to worry so much about searching for new customers because word of mouth is key. At SoulCycle, we knew that too. The, the number of, uh, it was over 60% of, of new customers, first time riders were there because they were brought in by a family member or a friend. It wasn't from a marketing campaign. It wasn't, you know, from a free pass that we gave them. It's because someone they trusted said, this did something for me. It changed my life. Or I just, I really love it. And I want to share it with you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, 
we have to remember that. And when people feel taken care of and noticed and, and a part of something, right. it's really natural for them to want to share it. Yeah, totally. And it's, it just, it like gets me thinking about just going back to the aspect of it's time. Mm-hmm. Like you're spending an hour somewhere. It's not just, you're not just seeing a Facebook ad for, I don't know, a pair of flip-flops or a hair blower. Like you're not just seeing that and purchasing it and forgetting about it. It's something that you have invested a lot of time in and to want to share that with someone else it means you're already invested and you already trust this thing and you feel safe there you feel good there and you want to share that and like that having that power of referral is it's so interesting because I always I say to a lot of my clients like instead of a Facebook ad what does your referral program look like and all the time I get the response of um, like oh my god yeah I haven't even, I put that in place some time I haven't really thought about it again it's I think it's bring three friends get one free I'm not really sure and then I'm like no it has to be like f- bring someone in come for free great uh, like a super easy if it's something that you're excited about something you feel really confident in the way that you can talk about it go for that but like that's what you guys need to be investing in which is Absolutely. yeah Something that Melanie, uh, Melanie, who uh, used to be the CEO at Seoul when we were there, yeah. used to say all the time, which I, has always stayed with me, is our biggest competition is not another workout. Our biggest competition is Netflix. Our biggest competition is a sunny day. Our biggest competition is a vacation. Yeah. It's yeah. not another workout. It's right. all the other ways you could be spending your time yeah. that require a lot less effort. Mm-hmm. We all know it's easier for us to sit on the couch, right? So, like, you know... for Netflix per month or, you know, $36 a class like that, you know, there's value in that and people will assign value based on what's important to them. And so it's not always about comparing one workout to another. And, you know, when we talk about pricing strategy as well and, and how you might be thinking of pricing your product and, and what you're, you're adding to the marketplace. um, You have to remember that too. It's not just about competing with other workouts. It's about competing with all the ways that people can spend their money, especially now when that's way more limited. Yeah. I mean, how many, you're in New York, like how many times have you gone to a boutique fitness class and thought to yourself, like, what am I doing here? I really, I have to spend another 45 minutes in this. And it can be anything. This is what we have to remember too. It's not just about the workout. Right. It's about everything. It's about, you know, the first welcome email they get from you, mm-hmm. the ease of the, of the UX, the user experience. If you have an app, the UI, the user interface, is it engaging? Is it easy to navigate? Mm-hmm. It's so easy for people to go, you know what? This is important. Yep. My towel smells weird. Uh, I don't like the lighting. I didn't like the music. Whatever. You know, we can find anything to discourage us from doing something that was already challenging for us to, you know, get through the door and, and get the energy and the motivation to do. So having a low barrier to entry, meaning pricing wise, but also just energetically, you know, are you making it easy and keeping the sense of beginner's mind? I always come back to that. And that is a meditation concept, but it applies to a lot of things. You know, remember when you did something new for the first time, maybe it's a workout, you know, it's intimidating. It's scary. You already feel like you don't know what's going on. You feel like the new kid, you feel everyone's staring at you. You're a mess. You know, you you don't know the steps. You don't know you have to make it easy for people to feel at home and taken care of. And then, and then once they can relax and they can really enjoy it, then they can see the value that you're bringing. And then that's how you start to develop that loyalty. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. Um, okay. I want to start talking about pivoting into digital, Yeah, which I feel like that's a good point because talking about loyalty yeah. and this, you know, Body by Simone has been around for almost 10 years now. Like you're kind of in the same boat of SoulCycle where it's been, you know, it was really one of the first players in the boutique fitness game. You had a built up funnel already. Like you had a lot of people that have come through your doors since day one. I can't even imagine, but it's got a lot of people. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I know I can speak for pretty much everyone here when I say we definitely enjoyed our jobs and our lives and we're in fitness because we like humans. Like that, I just feel like really is a bare minimum. Like we are not people who, we weren't traders. We're not people who wanted to be in Excel all day long. And probably the higher up you get, you just are. But we were not people who wanted that, right? Like the front desk experience you talked about, you liked welcoming people in and saying like, hey, how are you doing? Let me show you your locker. So as people who never expected us or never expected ourselves to be planted at our computer 100% of the time, how have you kept connections strong while being behind screen? Like from a personal standpoint, but also from a company standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I think what was interesting in March, you know, when all of this kind of happened, it was mid-March. I still remember March 13th was the day we decided we're not coming back in and you know that day will live in my mind for a long time Uh, i can't believe we're almost coming up on a year next march you know um and i think what's interesting is you know at the top of march the market was saturated with free workouts maybe you remember i certainly do everyone their pet their mother their cousin's friend was hosting a a workout on instagram live for free um we saw a big influx into the industry as well of people who were not uh trained fitness professionals more you know influencers or people that had a presence on social but that workout and thought oh this is my chance to kind of get into the industry the fitness industry and i can start hosting workouts too right Mm -hmm. and it took about three months to really see a drop off around summertime i think when people started going outside again people also got fatigued Mm -hmm. and um that that idea of offering something for free people started realizing that there's it's worth investing in a class there are so many only so many 15 minute free workouts you can do before you realize I'm not actually seeing any results and I'm just tiring myself out from looking at my phone like this on an Instagram live and there's no interaction. So as you thankfully pointed out, I appreciate it. We have had an app since 2018. Great. That's on demand. That's for the person who wants flexibility, uh, 10 minute workouts, 30 minutes workouts that I can do whenever, when I have a minute, when my kid is sleeping, when I feel like I want to just sweat. Yeah. And something to keep in mind as, a, as an entrepreneur and maybe a fitness professional who's starting to think about their own business is there's two ways of looking at it too. You have on demand, but you also have live stream. And those are two different things. Those are two yeah. different offerings, two different concepts, two different pricing strategies. And two different audiences. What's that? Two different audiences. Two different audiences. That's like, right. Definitely. Two For different some people, things. flexibility is key. Right. And working out on my phone, there's also a difference between at-home fitness and mobile fitness. Again. Yeah two different things. And we're discovering this as well. Um, For a dance cardio workout on your phone, that's really hard to see choreography, to match it on a, on a screen this size. Yeah. Being able to do it on a large screen on my desktop is vital. Yeah. We also got a lot of feedback from our community. Again, it's a community based 
method, uh, group fitness class, uh, people want to interact. They want to be able to get modifications in real time. They want to get a shout out. They want to know they're doing a good job. They want to see other human beings. Yeah. And so we had to ultimately, I think it was over the course of two weeks, it was a whirlwind at this point, but we got a, a digital studio up and running via Zoom, like many other brands are doing. Barry's is doing it. Everyone's doing it yeah. via Zoom, um, where now we're hosting up to 20 classes a week live. Wow. Uh, from our studio. So clients are seeing the trainers in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's some feeling of like, I'm, I'm there. The recognition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And through that, we're able to replicate a lot of the studio experience. For example, we do a challenge. Challenges are very popular in, in the fitness industry. People like to feel motivated. It's a great um, frequency driver. Mm-hmm. So we did this challenge called the Elevate Challenge. And in the studio, again, we learned this at Seoul. We're so sweet and simple as human beings. We just love putting a sticker on the wall that says we completed a workout. It's like the biggest motivator in the planet, like on the, on the planet. People just want to be able to say, I did this and have everybody else acknowledge them. Yeah. So we did a virtual version of that. We made a little calendar. People could share it on their Instagram stories. We had a hashtag. We did um, acknowledgments. We did gifting and giveaways. And that really drove our frequency up because people were remembering that feeling of being a part of something. And um, it's also this reminder that, you know, you can still have this same community experience at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we actually doubled the number of participants online that we ever had in studio. That's amazing. And I think the timing was right too. It was at a point in September where summer was coming to a close. We were all, you know, having a lot of existential questions about our lives and what's happening. And people were just really craving something that created consistency for them. So 20 classes in 30 days. Yeah. You can't ask for anything better, a little structure. And even now we're working on building out a replica of uh, Simone is a very popular eight week total body uh, makeover transformation program in studio. And so we're we're replicating that virtually and we're doing a lot of the same things, uh, you know, private consultations, one-on-one time with a trainer. Right. and walking you through that virtually. Right. Uh, but we're shortening it because, again, Zoom fatigue is real. Yep. And there are certain considerations and tweaks yep. you have to make. But there's no reason you can't do those same things online. It just takes a little creativity of, of, how, to, of how to manage that um, with respect to people spending time in front of a screen. But yeah. it's really possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Um, okay. So when pivoting into digital classes, can you explain a bit more about the trends that you saw? So I know we're talking about the, like the challenge going really well and doubling that. What, and we chatted about this a bit last time that we spoke, but what have you seen in terms of paper class, like drop-in classes versus membership model? I know probably a lot of people here are interested in, doing either the membership model or paper class or, you know, I mean, at SoulCycle, we had what? Drop in, one plus one, three pack, welcome starter, five five pack. (laughs) Right. But never a membership model. So I think my, my, my question is just like, what are your thoughts on doing membership model or doing only paper class? Like, what do you, what are you seeing? The reason why SoulCycle was so innovative uh, with a paper class model is that it's, it's no secret like that, the planet fitnesses of the world, which bless them. I had a blink membership for a long time. You pay 10 bucks a month. 
you never go to the gym, you forget about it, and you pay them hundreds of dollars, and that's how they stay open, right? That's every gym model, for the most part, every membership model, even I don't know, Costco membership, same thing. You're just paying, you set it, you forget it, and you're giving them money, and you never actually even have to use the product or the brand. Yeah. Um, the reason why pay per class was innovative at the beginning was a little controversial as well, because people were like, how dare you ask me to pay $34 for a class? I can pay that a month at my gym. But again, there's a real lack of commitment and accountability. And there's an accountability to the business when someone's paying per class, because that means every interaction, every trip has to be exceptional. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that's wrong, that, that rider, that client, that customer can leave and never come back. And the kicker is that you'll probably never know. Because the people you have to watch out for are not the the one-star people who hate it and the five-star people who love it. It's the people in between. We would call them the middle road riders that come take class. They don't love it. They don't hate it. They just leave and they never come back and they don't tell anybody about it and you lost them forever, you know? So paying per class requires you to step up uh, as, as a business owner in every, every step of that journey for the new client specifically. Like, do they feel taken care of? Do they understand what the workout is? Do they know what to expect? And are you delivering every time consistently? Um, what's interesting now that we've seen and I, I pulled some numbers on this because, you know, I love a good number and I figured some of you would also want this as well. Um, it's not just anecdotal. It's not a feeling. It's real. Um, so 85% of our revenue at Body by Simone this year since April, which is when I'm talking about, you know, when we really fully went digital, 85% of that revenue is classes. And that's compared to 62% of that same period last year. So there's other things that can come into play, merchandise, um, private training, uh, semi-privates, all these other things. But our classes now are the bulk. People just want the workout. You know, that's it. Um, 50% of that was single drop-in classes. And these are people who have taken over 150 classes since we started. So it's not one-off people. These are people who take class multiple times a week that would rather just purchase one class at a time. Um, and just for reference, 30% of that revenue was three packs. Uh, fine, a, a little less commitment, more commitment, but not so much. Uh, 13% was our weekly unlimited. And what I think is interesting is 7% of the rest of that is in totality every other multi-pack, 5, 10, and 20. Only 7% of that revenue. Wow. My interpretation of that is that psychologically, there's a real hesitation to commit to the fact that we're going to be in this game for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think especially at the beginning, people were like, well, I'm not going to do a weekly or monthly unlimited because this will be done by summer. This will be done by fall. This will be done by the end of the year. And now the longer we go on, you know, um, I think people are starting to feel more comfortable saying, okay, it's actually a better deal for me to invest in maybe an unlimited. And we're actually rolling out a monthly unlimited for the first time in January. Cause we're like, you know what? There are going to be customers who just want that. But 50% of our classes since April are single drop-in classes. And those are repeat customers. They're not just random new people. That's so I know, I know. And every time I'm trying to come up with some new package, my team reminds me, they're like, babe, People just right. want one. Like we don't need to come up with it. It's not where it is. Thing because yeah. they're good just with the one off. Right. Um, you know, there's things that we already know about the state of the industry right now. This is not a surprise. Digital competitions increased, right? Everyone has a digital offering. Demand is low, lower than it was for in-person. Reservation volume has definitely decreased since we started. People are tired. 
uh, it hurts to work out on a hardwood floor in your apartment. I can speak for myself, you know, and if you have a life, if you have kids, if you're homeschooling, there's a lot of variables now. Um, And users are just apprehensive because there's a lot out there. Um, And so there's a lot of client apprehension and there's also a lot of price sensitivity. And um, I did want to share, ClassPass had published some numbers that they had done in their user base. Um, Obviously, 23% of their users had reported a negative change to their employment status, which unfortunately is a reality of the world. You know, people do not have as much disposable income to spend on self-care and these things, which is... Incredibly unfortunate that a lot of the wellness businesses are going under because of that, because they're the things we need the most right now. But also something I thought was interesting that I did want to share is that 29% of their users are expecting class and package prices to decrease when markets reopen. Wow. And, you know, I, that wasn't really something I had considered. I just thought, you know, oh, everyone's just going to be so happy to be back in person. Um, But I think people are going to expect that businesses are going to want to entice them to come back with some sort of deal or like lower pricing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So just something to be aware of. Um, But, you know, digital is a whole new game. And there are a lot of businesses that are completely changing their model now that are going, we may never go back to in-person. There's lower overhead to run a business on Zoom. There are certain things you have to consider like music licensing and other costs involved in that. But ultimately you're, staff, your trainers can work from anywhere. I mean, there's a lot of really positive benefits to keeping a business online. And so I think we're going to be seeing this trend for a long time. It's not going to end when markets reopen. I know. I know. And it's so interesting because the thing with pivoting to digital only and staying as a digital only business is your retention game has to be on lock. Like, you have to know that every single person that's taken a class with you is going to come back or that they at least, you know, have a 60% chance of returning and being a lifetime customer because it's like just the saturation, like you're saying of the saturation, hi Whitney, um, the saturation that you have of businesses out there is like you, you do, you just need to hold on tight to your customers. And, but I, I mean, on the other hand, I'm like, so I, I definitely always advise people maybe against that. I'm like, even if you're going to do an outdoor pop-up or something, like there are a lot of people out there who still just want to see you, you know, and like watch your class and watch you move. But on the other hand, I'm 30. I'm as far as I know, very healthy. I look back at the time that I used to spend commuting to a workout studio, spending in a workout studio, and I'm like, oh my God, that was an extra hour of my day that is just unnecessary now. Like once I've gotten into the at-home groove and figured it out, and I don't know if you feel the same way or like if you... If you've gone to workouts lately or what, I don't, I mean, we can't really anymore. I mean, I haven't really left my apartment, but I will say <laughs> there's a lot of benefits to taking a class and right. flashing water on my face and going to a meeting. I mean, right. my God, you know, yeah. it's, the convenience factor cannot be matched, right? You, can, you still get the benefit of carving that time out for yourself in your day yeah. um, and not having to commute, not having to put your health at risk by leaving your space. I mean... It's a real thing. And I think as well, something to be aware of, there are a lot of studies. Talent Hack has also published a lot of stats on this. If you don't follow Talent Hack, great resource for fitness professionals. But there's a lot of apprehension. People are have already said, you know, 
even when things do reopen, I'm not sure that I'm going to be ready yet. You know, there's still going to be that client too, who even when things are reopening are still going to prefer to stay in and, and do this digitally. Yeah. 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 It's super interesting, but it is like, I think focusing on retention in this time, especially like in these few months is the most important thing. And just like we're talking about, like, is it a high touch experience? Have you personally emailed every single person ever tried a digital class and said, Hey, I'm Simone. I, you know, I started this because I was tired of the whatever strength lifting game. I'm totally, this is not obviously real, but like anything, like, are you saying anything to them? Like this could feel weird in the beginning. I know that my first time doing a dance cardio class, like I felt super awkward. Now I feel incredibly confident when I go anywhere and I have to dance, like whatever it is, whatever you're saying, like, are you having that interaction with someone? Because nothing would make me cringe harder than an instructor who has a digital only platform who is not focusing on retention right now. Like that is just, it's just the number one. Mm-hmm. That's right. The, it comes, frequency for people comes down to freedom of choice. And right now consumers have the ultimate freedom of choice because we can do everything from home. You don't have the option of walking by a studio and catching some, someone's eye. You know, that was also a thing at SoulCycle. The, the lobbies were white. The music was bumping. You could walk by and have never heard of it before and go, what is that? There's a line out the door. I want to be a part of that. You know, you don't have that now, uh, that, that someone's going to pop in unexpectedly. It is going to be word of mouth. It is going to be having a good experience and feeling taken care of. And so, yeah, sending, sending a note from like, if you use a marketing software, Emma or something, you know, from a, a general inbox versus from your inbox, you know, like those little things go a long way in making people feel like, oh, you do know who I am. Um, You have acknowledged that this was my 10th class. Even if it's the five minutes before class starts and there's, you know, saying someone's name out loud, letting them know you're watching them, you're there, you see them, you know, those those little baby steps go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, we're just human beings. Like you just want someone to say, I'm here with you. Yeah. I see you. You're real. I'm real. Even though we're on the other side of the screen. You're a real person. I'm a real person. Like, this is my job. This is what I love to do. I want to see you happy. It's it's a lot simpler than we think it is. You know, we get, we, we overcomplicate things and thinking that it has to be this business model and this plan and this strategy, which are very important, of course, but um, ultimately it's a human experience. Yeah, totally. So, okay, a question that I've been getting constantly is how to price a digital class. And we chatted about this slightly in the beginning. As you know, there are a lot of options out there. Uh, We talked about, you know, Melissa Woodhealth and Megan Roop and all these, um, like, high-profile, I guess, celebrity instructors, if we want to call them that. But that are charging anywhere from, you know, $17.99 a month and under. So we have that. Um, Then we have, and this is, I don't know if I'll publish this portion of it, but when I'll never forget when COVID first hit and Barry's sent out an email of like, we have Zoom classes. It's $2.95 a month. And I was like, are you, everyone is out of work right now. Like, $300 a month? What? For like eight classes? I was like, what? What are you, like, what, for Zoom? Like, I did one and it froze in the middle and I just stopped working out. I don't know what Zoom costs a month 
to run. Right. You know, we, we all know how, how little it costs to run Zoom. Yes. Right. And so that was, I mean, that was crazy. But what was your advice be to someone who's yeah. struggling to figure out at-home pricing and like how to reconcile that with maybe they did have a highly priced yeah. class? What's your advice? I mean... Ultimately, your pricing is a representation of the value that you're bringing to someone's life. And, you know, you get to decide what that looks like and how you want your clients to feel when they leave whatever experience you're providing them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I said this in the beginning, but my number one thing, my number one piece of advice is do not undervalue your time, your expertise, your training, your education. Um, That is worth something. Um, like I said, in the beginning, we saw a lot of free workouts and I can understand the desire to offer something for free. I can speak to this as well from my experience as a teacher in the mindfulness world. Um, when you offer something for free, there's a real lack of accountability to show up. And I've done it too. I've signed up for free events that I didn't go to because it's free and there was nothing to lose. You want people to make that commitment up front. So I really always do advise against just giving things away for free for the sake of giving them away for free. You want people to understand there's going to be a value. They're going to get something out of it and that you're offering a real value uh, when they sign up for what you're doing. Yes, it's going to have to be cheaper than it was in the studio. People are smart. They understand your overhead costs are lower. Uh, So, you know, you have a very educated consumer. So yes, our classes were 36 in person. We do 20 a a class, you know, for virtual Okay. That seems to be pretty yeah. standard. Yeah. When you're pricing your own workout, you need to also understand who your client is. Mm-hmm. Are they um, parents who, you know, are maybe one of, you know, maybe their partner lost their job and they're homeschooling and they have kids. So the, the amount of money that they have to spend on themselves is lower. Are they, you know, high profile executives? Are they somewhere in between young professional? Are they going to be young artists? You know, there are niche markets for everybody. Um, and understanding what's happening in their world is going to be really important in terms of what they have to spend, but also where they're choosing to spend that money. You know, their age range, their demographic, their psychographic, right? Like who, who are they? How do they feel? What are they doing with their time? Um, but do your research within your modality as well. You know, dance cardio is interesting. There's really the three main players, um, you know, like it, yeah. within the dance cardio world, we're very niche. So it's a little different. Uh, we know who our client is and what they're willing to spend. But, you know, if it's boot camp style or cycling, you know, you know what people are offering in your world. Yeah. Um, and again, remember, there's a difference in strategy between on-demand content and live stream content. So if you're doing live stream only, you're going to charge a little less per class because you're having more frequency. You're going to have one person paying you, for example, $20 three times a week. Whereas if you have an on-demand library, you might want to charge more because instead of having one person pay you $20 three times a week, you're having them pay you $20 once a month. Right. And so what you're offering too has got to come into play with how much you're producing content, how much time and energy you're putting into it and how many times a week, let's say, that client is interacting with your content. That's going to impact how much you're going to want to charge them. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, we learned this at, at Soul 2, real numbers on this, that um, when we gave free classes away as a marketing initiative, hey, come try it for free. Then don't worry. There were no retentions. Yeah. And when there were, there was no retention. They didn't come back. They said, okay, thanks for the free class. Yeah. Okay. 
I have no skin in the game. Yeah. When we gave away free classes as a hospitality measure, when we messed up, when we got it wrong, when someone had a horrible experience, whether it was our fault or not, whether it was real or imagined, whatever, here's a free, please come back and try it again. We want to make this right. That's when you got people back in the cycle because again, they felt taken care of. They felt like I was listening to their feedback, you know, all of that. So it's really tempting to just give it away for free, even a BOGO, but I... I say no BOGO, no BOGO, don't do it because someone's one plus one. One, yeah, I think a five plus one. Again, it's soul, and and maybe you remember this, but you know, we we discovered that it was it was six classes was like the life time, like six classes in a in a certain period of time. It escaped me now what that was, but that's when you had the longest journey, the highest lifetime value. Yeah, and so whatever that is for you. If it's someone that comes three times in a month and then you notice that's the most loyal person, they have a higher value than others, Mm -hmm. know that, know your metrics, track your metrics from day one, because then you can go back and say, this is what worked. This is what didn't. Um, So when you are pricing and if you're going to experiment with different things, keep track. If you're using MindBody, for example, they have a ton of reporting features. Like they make it so easy. Um, but we have a way to look back at those numbers um, because you'll see very clearly your gut is wrong. Since my gut was wrong. I thought unlimited was the way to go and people just want to do one and be done. So, you know, you want to be able to look at that hard data too. And just when you do, maybe if you're offering different pricing at first, just to see what lands, you want to be able to look back and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. I do feel like, I don't know if you remember, but SLT in the beginning was doing, um, it was their intro deal, their, their acquisition offer was just a three pack. So it was like their, their first class was like, it was, it was severely discounted, but granted SLT is $42 a class. Like it's a very highly priced class, but their first time class was I think $20. And then their intro offer was a three pack for like $75 or something like that. Right. It was cheaper to just buy the three pack. Right. But it was, it was really ingrained in the email of like, this is a strange workout. If you're new to this, it's going to feel really weird. You are going to see results in three classes. Like you're going to feel incredibly sore. This is what we recommend and that's it. And I always thought that was super interesting because it's true. Like every, when you get, even if it's, you're going to do like a monthly free subscription, which is is tough. And I, I'm curious to know your thoughts about it, but it's tough because everyone else is offering free and you either have to establish some intense exclusivity. Like you really either need to position yourself as like so much better than everyone else or the same price as everyone else. And like, that's a tough thing. Like going back to Melissa Wood, like not everyone is married to the founder of Lava or whatever. Like it's, and it lives in a beautiful Tribeca apartment with a Shag Harbor estate. Like it's fun to watch her, but her budget is probably different than other people. And so like, yes, it's, she's positioned as this like fun workout class. And they're, you know, like you said, the 15 to 20 minute workout classes, but, and it seems like it's very much like that's what the cool kids are doing kind of thing. But it is also like, how do you establish yourself as someone who gets results, who's exclusive, who's a good, like a really fun class while competing with the obeys that I'm getting emails 
every day of come back for a dollar. Like, how, like, how do you even, what do you, like, what do you do in that scenario? And like in this market, if you were a new instructor, like what would you tell someone to do? Look at who's already following you. Look at who is already on board with what you're doing. And even if that means personal outreach to them or who else they're following, what else are they doing? And, you know, I I really don't believe in giving away a lot of like your product for free. That doesn't mean never do it, but just don't make it a habit because again, then you just are underselling yourself and undervaluing yourself and establishing yourself as like, oh, the free workout I'll do and I don't want to spend any money, Um, which you're so much more than that. And that's really what I want to stick with you is like you have value and you should be paid for that. Um, But there are ways that you can also use your existing network. And even if you have three clients, um, ask them to share a transformation photo, ask them to share their experience, use that content to then promote what you're doing. Like use the people that you have that are already loyal to you because they do exist. Nobody that's here or on this call or listening to this is just woke up today and said, I'm going to be a fit pro. Like we've all been hustling at this for a while. So you do have people that are on your side that believe in what you're doing, lean on them. Um, you can offer them maybe something, a discount or something for free in exchange for promotion. Um, use your network, use the community that you have. And then again, you're just kind of reestablishing that beautiful cycle of like reinforcing that you care about these people. They're reinforcing that they love your workout and on and on it goes. So I would say, look at who is already who's already invested in you, who believes in you and lean on them and ask for their support, their recommendations, their promotion. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that's authentic. And that's people trust that. And I can look at someone and say, that person looks like me. That person sounds like me and they're seeing results. I'll give it a try. And maybe you, you offer again, a referral program. Great. You know what I mean? But, um, and if you are going to do something for free, make a little snippet, a little teaser. You know what I mean? Give people a taste. Uh, we, we noticed that with SoulCycle too. You know, it was a very alluring thing, this workout in a dark candlelit room. And that intimidated a lot of people. And yeah. so we had to really explain what can you expect when you walk in the door, like SLT. So if you're teaching a method that you came up with, a modality that isn't as cut and dry as dance cardio or hit, um, what is it? Show me some samples. Show me some examples. Um, break it down for me. Charlie LaSuet is amazing at this. You know, she breaks things down. She makes it really digestible and easy. And it seems approachable. It seems like, oh, I could do that. And that's what people want to know. So, again, make sure that it's clear what you're offering, too. And there, there will be people who will bite. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so we have some time for Q&A. Um, I got one on Instagram that I'm going to ask you because it's a really, really good one. But okay. everyone in here, if you guys have any questions for us, now is the time to drop them into the Q&A button. Um, okay, so someone asked me, as people who have been in the boutique fitness world for a long time, what makes a great class for you? And I really want to hear your answer. Odd. Uh, let me think. I think it's, um, for me, it's a mix of letting me know that you see me, but also letting me figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, I'm a shopper that I can be totally lost in the store, but if you ask me if I need help, I'm going to say no. Right. And I'll wander around the aisles for an hour lost and confused rather than asking you to help me, right? That's who I am. I'm working on it. Same in fitness. Like, when I first took my first BBS class, I had no idea what I was doing. I felt so foolish. I was in the back yeah. and I got acknowledged, but not in a way that made me feel 
stupid or like um, I didn't belong. You know, it was like, I see you. I'm here for you. And I think that like gentle sort of encouragement was great. Same thing at soul. You know, it's like I could have a moment where I was by myself and like figuring it out, but there was this gentle sort of consistent encouragement coming from the trainer. And, you know, luckily that's something you can still do digitally too. Like if I want to hide, I can position my camera a different way, but if I want to be seen, I can also be seen, you know? Um, Yeah. yeah, Again, but it's like, Ultimately, it depends on the day, and I, it does make me feel special. Even as an employee of a company, when I get shouted out, it makes me feel very special. And I just, like, that's, that's important, especially now. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. What's your answer? I mean, it's so funny. I'm like, a lot of the time, I'm like, don't look at me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I do also, there are a lot of times when someone's like, I don't know, just like some sort of simple shout out. I absolutely love, or even like a message afterwards. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, this is so weird. I really like when instructors like take a picture of like the class and post yeah. it. Afterwards. It like makes me feel like that makes me feel like I'm more part of a community than I think anything else. Like I do really like that. Um, and good music. Like, I, and that's something that I, that's a whole nother seminar, but like, on licensing and music, yeah. Licensing music, getting music to come through as yeah. like a really good yeah. part of the class is so hard to do over at home. Like that, I really feel like there needs to be some improvements, but. Absolutely. Yeah. What I do like, actually, when I come back and someone remembers who I am. Yeah. Because I'm also that person that thinks that I'm not memorable at all. And like, and, and I think when someone remembers me, um, it shows that they care. You know, a lot of high-end restaurants, like Michelin star restaurants, things like that. If you ever worked in one as, as a host, you would know. They keep books on every customer. Um, your anniversary, what your last meal was, what you order most frequently, your favorite bottle of wine. Um, and that, that is, you can do things like that at Seoul. Like yeah. we did that at all, you know, like yeah. someone's shoe size so we could have it ready to go. Yep. Um, Your bike setting. That's right. totally possible. But even just a, hey, good to see you again. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's your fifth class. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, that kind of stuff that shows that you really care. Yeah. That does go a long way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch of clients that have just started their, like, you know, their digital studios. And one day I was just asking someone, I was like, how many around how many minutes do you sign on beforehand? And she was like, I don't know, maybe like two or three minutes, like very quick, like, hey guys, okay, here's class. And I was like, all right, how about the, hey Ariel, like, how was that? Like, were you sore last week? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those are the conversations that like, no one, no one thinks that people care about that, but like they do. That's an important part of the process of like just the human connection. Which is feels when, when you've been in a class or an experience where people take the time to just chat it up, talk about what they're doing, introduce you to their dog, whatever. And then you take a class where they don't do that. It feels very cold and yeah. very robotic and very much like we're just here to work out and Thanks for, thanks for the money. Thanks for the memes, you know, like, but when someone actually is chatting and takes the time, I mean, I, I can say from body by Simone, there's a direct correlation between our instructors who have the highest utilization in their classes and the most loyalty and the people who talk, who have a personality, who remember so-and-so's kid had a recital last week. How was it? 
yeah. it's real, you know, and, and, and it, it does, it goes a long way. Yeah. I guess I do like that. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I like it, but I do. Give me a shout out. I do. I know, I'm the same way. I'm always like, I'm going to be on. I don't care. I'm but turn I'm my sure. camera off, but still talk to me. <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. Okay, um, it looks like there's no other Q&As, so any parting advice, any last quotes, what's your yearbook quote tonight? I I've said it like three times, so it bears repeating, you know, your, what, you're ha- what you're offering has value. It doesn't matter if it's a modality that already exists, it doesn't matter if it's been done, it's never been done in the way that you're going to do it, and that's what makes it special. Um, and if you're feeling disconnected from what it might feel like for people when they're interacting with your brand, if you're like, I don't know how people might feel. I don't know if what I'm doing is right. Try a new class, go on mind body and take a $9 yoga class from a small studio in Santa Monica. You know what I mean? Like try something completely random and out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and really take notes. How does it feel? Was it clear when you signed up for the class? Did you know what to expect? Did you know what to bring? Did you know how many minutes ahead of time you were going to sign on and when you were getting your Zoom link? Um, Did you feel acknowledged? Did you feel, did you get a follow-up? Like, really look at what everyone else is doing. Again, that's the beautiful part of having all these options is you can really look at your peers and put yourself in the shoes of a first-time client and notice what feels good for you, notice what feels bad for you, and implement that into your own business because we're all in the same boat here. We're all on the other side of the screen, and um, I guarantee that like what you're feeling is what what's important to you is what you're going to want your clients to feel when they walk away from whatever experience they're having with you. So because they're coming for you, so just don't forget that and, and that it does have value. So don't undervalue that when you price yourself accordingly and when you assign value to what you're offering. The right people will show up and the right people will stay. I love that. Yeah, that was so great. That's a good yearbook quote. It's kind of long, but it was a good yearbook quote. <laughs> For your fitness yearbook, maybe yeah. that'll be, maybe that's my next project. <laughs> Honestly, I would buy that. <laughs> oh man, COVID, dude! Like every five minutes, I'm like, wait, this is something that sounds fun. I know. Gotta focus it up. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. I just love having conversations with you. I would do this every day. I know. I love to pick your brain. <laughs> um, okay, people can find you at Ariel Dubchinsky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can spell that if you want. You're right it or whatever in the chat, but um, Dubchinsky. Uh, yeah, but come find me for <laughs> some weird, weird content, but also sometimes motivational stuff too. But would love to get to know you if you're a fit pro. Let's connect. Like, let's support each other for sure. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, amazing. Okay, great. Well, thanks, thanks everybody. I hope this was helpful. <laughs> me too.